1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: How has Montez Perfect played since he's come back from suspension? He's not played as well as he's played in the past. What up? Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. It is great to be with you on Twitter at James Rpine at Locked On Bengals. That was one of my conversations, or one part at least of my conversation with Marvin Lewis earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium. We will discuss that. We're also going to do a-, a Locked On crossover, get the latest on the Bucks from Locked On Bucks, James Yarko coming up. On today's show and Dre Kirkpatrick, we're loaded. We're loaded today and tomorrow loaded even more. I'm working on a very special guest. It's been on this podcast before. If I can get him, it's going to be good stuff uh, from the man that, that I, I don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to say, it. I'm not going to say, it. but I'm working on a really good guest for tomorrow's show. Naturally. We're going to have a player or two. Trey Hopkins will be on this show tomorrow. If you're new to this podcast, welcome in. This is the only daily Bengals podcast out there. Get your daily Bengals fix every single day with Locked on Bengals. I'm on Twitter at JamesRPN at Locked on Bengals, like I said, and you can subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and every podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. Let's dive into it, and there's a lot to discuss. Um, it, first off, that exchange with Marvin Lewis that you heard at the top. I thought it was funny. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit more um, of it in just a second. Here's what I want to say. And I, I was on Locked on Bucks last night and I'm, I'm going to play an excerpt of it for you. That It'll be part of our conversation that I include on today's podcast, but I wanted to include Jerry Kirkpatrick. I knew Marvin Lewis was going to speak, so there was some other stuff I wanted to build around that conversation when I was on Locked on Bucks yesterday. And I was very critical of Vontez Burfect then. And if you listen to yesterday's Locked on Bengals podcast with Joe Goodberry, I was critical of him then. Joe, who re- watches the film, someone I trust, critical as well. I look at Burfecht and I wonder if he's worth it anymore. And the more and more people I hear, the more and more people I talk to, the less and less it, it feels like. That that it's worth. It just does not feel like Vontez Perfect is the same guy that he once was. And if I told you, I and I don't know if this is true or not, but if I told you that Vontez Perfect stopped going all in last year when he was suspended, because last year when he was suspended for his hit against the Kansas City Chiefs on a tight end coming across the middle, remember that in the preseason. Perfect had just had a pick six. He looked like a free safety at times. He had a pick six against Washington in the preseason. And it was like, oh my goodness, contract year 55 is alive and well. He's about to dominate. And if you remember towards the end of 2016, he looked peak Vontez after the bye week coming out uh, against the New York Giants. I remember there was a stretch. It was the first year of Lockdown Bengals. There was a stretch there where it was like, oh man, Vontez perfect. But the more and more people I talk to, the more and more I hear about, yeah, he just doesn't look the same. And, yeah, there are some of you that are like, well, it's, a, it's only his third game back. It's only his third game back from suspension. So I figured, and you heard it at the top, I figured I would ask Marvin Lewis today about Vontez Perfect. You're going to hear my question, Marvin's answer, um, a, a TV reporter's question, Marvin's response, and then my follow-up, which Marvin didn't like. Here it is earlier today in the Bengals' locker room. How was
3: He's not played as well as he's played in the past.
2: What are you seeing with them as far as just technique or
3: anything? I don't want to talk about Vontez. It's not relevant.
2: Do you think his play needs to
3: get better? You can keep asking the questions, but does someone else have one? Because I'm not going to answer that one.
2: Marvin's not going to answer it, and that's fine. He didn't have to. Maybe I shouldn't have followed up. I wanted to anyway because I had questions about Vontaze Perfect. I had questions about 55. I don't want to come on this podcast and ask, uh, or or not ask, but tell you, oh, well, Perfect's the issue. Perfect's the problem. Perfect's struggling. Perfect's this. Perfect's that. And say the same thing on my radio show on ESPN 1530 from noon to 1 every single weekday. If you're an out-of-towner, you can listen to it on the iHeartRadio app. I don't want to criticize Vontaze Perfect and then not ask the man who's the head man of the Bengals, if I'm in there for a press conference. So I felt obligated to follow up. And I did so. And did you hear that? Did you hear? He has not played as well as he has in the past. You might say, oh, well, you know, Marvin's just speaking the obvious. True. But why not just shut it down right then? I think the Bengals are frustrated with Vontes Perfect. I think the Bengals are seeing a Vontaze Perfect who they've given two extensions to the second of which was just last season, a guy who they've committed to through 2020. Now they can get out of his contract. They, they uh, put it together at a very nice, team-friendly way where they can get out of his deal at any point. There's not any guaranteed money left on the deal based on what I remember. I'd have to go back and look, but based on what I've seen, I don't think there's any more guaranteed money. They could get out of it after this season. But the point remains, it's frustrating. And if I was Marvin Lewis, I would be frustrated. This isn't me about to ta- attack Marvin. Mike Brown and Marvin Lewis stick their neck out for a guy like Vontez Perfect time and time and time again. Last week, according to Ian Rappaport, Mike Brown has to go to the league and say, come on, please do not suspend Vontez Perfect. He, he, literally, that, that was reported. He's a headache. And I don't know how much, how much longer he's going to be worth it. Vantes Perfect is a headache. That's enough of him. That's enough on him. I wanted to spend some time on it. If he's a headache and he's not performing at an elite level, why would you keep him around? That coworker that's a pain in the tail, really a pain in the tail. He's a, excuse my language if there's kids in your car. A pain in the ass. The coworker that's a pain in the ass, if they're good at their job and they're getting sales and helping you reach your goal at the end of the month, it's worth it. If they're not and they're just messing around and they they just they're a distraction, they're not worth it. Vontez Perfect is getting closer and closer to the latter than the former. He used to be the former and it was worth it. I'm not sure it is anymore. The Bengals defense ranks 31st in the NFL in points allowed 29 per game. Also 31st in yards allowed per game, nearly 430, 429.4 yards per game. That would be a franchise record if it holds up. And they continue to maintain that average through the rest of the season. Bengals cornerback Drake Kirkpatrick discusses that and so much more earlier today. It's myself and a bunch of other reporters peppering Drake Kirkpatrick with questions in the Bengals locker room.
1: Some players stood up and addressed the team during the meeting on Monday. How often would you say that sort of thing happens, and what kind of effect
0: does it generally have on the team? Um,
3: I wasn't there. I was a doctor. Okay. Um, so, but. The message did get delivered to me, um, and it's great. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a positive. It's a sign that guys want to get things fixed around here. Um, you know, and like I said, it ain't broke, but it, it's a couple cracks. Um, you got you to gotta fill in the cracks. So, um, to me, that's, that was good, good for the team, good for us. Um, but we got to respond to it. There's no need for us to talk about it. We don't respond to it. So, we got to, guys got to, uh, you know, do great at responding to it this week.
2: Dre, it's, uh, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that through seven weeks you would have been ranked defensively as a team uh, towards the bottom of the, the league in, in points given up, yards, et cetera, uh, would that have been a surprise? Uh, for sure.
3: You know, especially the way we play around here. Um, you know, that that's something that we got to get better at, man. Um, that's unacceptable around here for us, you know, because you know we take pride in being a top-tier defense um, in the league. So, um, but like I said, you know we got a long way to go. We still, we still got everything right there in front of us, so we got to just go out there and go get it. Is it fixable? On defense? Just yep, yeah, pretty much.
2: It's the big thing. I just the casual, uh, just the observer is the tackling. I mean, that's guys used to be good tacklers. I yeah. mean, any any anything you
1: can put your finger on. on no,
3: we just gotta gotta have that fire, you know. We just didn't play with no fire. Uh, and we ain't playing with no fire. You tend to be relaxed on a lot of things and a lot of plays. So we didn't. We just gotta, we gotta do figure it out. Whatever we gotta do this week to, to figure it out to make us practice and tackle better, that's what we are gonna have to do.
1: It's when you have back-to-back losses like you had against the Steelers and
0: Chiefs, does that bring the fire back? Do you think it reignites it?
3: Oh, uh, for sure, for sure. You know,
0: little
3: uh, adversity. Uh, we gotta take it in a good way, um, and you know, go out here and work. So. Uh, definitely, definitely. Think practice is gonna be rolling today. How, how do you, how do you, get the fire? Do, do guys stand up? Do the leaders stand up? Do you have a team meeting? Do you, what do you, what do you do? Uh, the scoreboard. <laughs> you know, I feel like nobody got to say nothing to us to get us going. We know we lost. We know what the score was. You know it was embarrassment. You know we already know that. So that's how you, that's how you get going. So, that wasn't,
2: come to, so that wasn't a come to Jesus meeting or, uh, or anything like that.
3: Or? Not for me. For me, and like I said, when they had the meeting, I wasn't here. I was, uh, I was attending some uh, a matter that I had. So, like I said, it wasn't for me. I, I but the message did get delivered to me, and you know I'm, I'm ready to go. You
1: think we'll see a team with a different edge this Sunday against the Bucks.
3: Uh, for sure, 100. You know, like I said, man, we we know what happened. We know we ain't playing the way we we supposed to be playing, and um, you know the film don't lie. So we gotta just go out there and go go out there and get it.
2: It's Dre Kirkpatrick with the reporters in the Bengals locker room. I do have some news. William Jackson III is expected to shadow Deshaun Jackson. And Mike Evans expected to be shadowed by Dre Kirkpatrick. It sounds like, based on what I've heard, the Bengals corners will be following Buccaneers receivers around, which is something that defensive coordinator uh, coordinator Terrell Austin did in Detroit at times. And uh, it's certainly something that I'd be interested in seeing. I like it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, William Jackson can guard either one. But Dre, he's not going to be able to keep up with Deshaun. So I, I totally understand why they would do that. And if they do that, I, I think it's its worth trying. I don't know if it'll work, but it certainly can't hurt, right? I mean, they're next to last in points allowed and yards allowed per game. So it, it's certainly worth the try. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Up next, you're going to... Hear my conversation with James Yarko of Locked On Bucks as we discuss this matchup on Sunday. But first... It's time to talk about sex. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day, night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever. The opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal since you listen to Locked On Bengals. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E com promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the simpler, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: I'm James Rapine and welcome back into the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Don't forget tomorrow, Trey Hopkins on the podcast. Yesterday, I caught up with James Yarko, host of Locked On Bucks, joined him On locked on bucks, and we talked Bengals, we talked Buccaneers, and I didn't get the whole thing. I didn't snag the whole thing from him, but this is a crossover Wednesday. So I figured I would use some of it here. Uh I asked him about a variety of stuff with the Buccaneers. He he asked me some stuff about Vontez Perfect. That was very critical. Um and, and this is about 18 minutes long or so, but this is an excerpt, a clip. Um in the stuff I figured you as a locked on Bengals listener would be interested in, plus a prediction for Sunday. Here's my conversation with James Yarko, and it just starts out with him discussing the Bucks in this matchup with the Bengals from his perspective.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. We were talking right before we started recording about how we both thought that this was a pretty a pretty even matchup, and I, I look at it very similarly as I did the 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 Eagles game where it was strength versus weakness and strength versus weakness. Obviously the weakness for both teams is on the defensive side of the ball, whereas the strength is on the offensive side. Andy Dalton, you know, he's, he's been utilizing Tyler Boyd to the point that Tyler Boyd is a a rising star. Um, You have Joe Mixon, who's just a a dominant running back can do everything. Um, Even with the loss of, of Tyler Eifert and Tyler Croft, you have, uh, CJ Uzoma, who who is emerging and kind of finding his role at tight end, and on the other side, of course, Tampa is just loaded with weapons. And, and as we saw in the in the Browns game, Jameis likes to utilize all of them. You had ten different receivers uh, or ten different players catch a ball. Um, you know, there's there's some frustration there, and it's funny you say that. The, a lot of the Bengals fan base is saying, you know, same old Bengals. Here we go again. It's very similar in, in that of, of the Buccaneers world. They're talking about how Jameis is not the guy. He makes too many mistakes. They're they're blaming him with, with these turnovers that he had against the Browns. You know, I, I've said it on a few shows. You know, when, when it was crunch time, when it was time to make your money, Jameis Winston drove them down the field in regulation to get him in field goal range, and Catanzaro just flat-out choked. So he did what he needed to do and then had that turnover in overtime, which luckily didn't cost them but very well could have. But you have guys like Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, the, the, the twin tight ends in Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard, the emerging Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys is being utilized again. There's a lot of weapons there, and the Bengals' defense has not looked real strong. Tampa's defense looked better against Cleveland they're coming off of firing defense coordinator Mike Smith linebackers coach Mark Duffner took over and you could tell how aggressive they were you could tell how much he was getting after the quarterback then you lose Quan Alexander to a torn ACL and it changes the entire landscape of the defense in the second half and the Browns took advantage so it'll be interesting to see how they can kind of prepare for not having a, a captain of the defense and Quan Alexander there in the middle of the field against a high octane offense in Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, it, it, absolutely. It, it will be. Um, here's the the one thing I'd say is I'm not sure. And I've been about as critical um, as one could be in regards to this Bengals offense, because they got off to such a great start and the, the Tyler Aford injury, I glossed over it a little bit and maybe that was part of it. Um but this offense has struggled in recent weeks. They're averaging um let's see off the top of my head let's let's go with it. 10 points last week, the week before 21. Uh the week before that the defense kind of took over against Miami in a game that was really uh I think the Bengals scored 13 offensive points and again just going off off the top of my head they had a couple pick sixes in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins. So this Bengals offense put up numbers early, but no Eifert, no Giovanni Bernard. I expect uh, Bernard to be out again this week as they get him ready for, for post bye week play. John Ross re-aggravated his, his groin injury. Um, th- this team's kind of banged up right now uh, offensively. And they went up against Kansas City, which everyone's watched them, right? An historically bad defense through six games. And they made them look good on Sunday night football. Now, part of it might be on the road. Part of it might be uh, because it's Sunday night and Andy Dalton struggles in prime time. Whatever it is, fine. But if that offense does not play wet, better against Tampa Bay, than to lose. Uh, so, uh, that yes, they did come into to last week as the sixth highest scoring offense in the league. I, I do think an offense that has Joe Mixon and A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd still has plenty of potential. I think C.J. Uzama is pretty underrated as well at tight end. But one, they've had some injuries, uh, and two, the, the performance that they had last week against the Chiefs gives me at least some concern, some worry about how many points they can put up against Tampa Bay. And I don't think this Bengals defense can stop the Bucs offense, so the offense is going to have to show up for the Bengals. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it, you mentioned the injuries on Tampa Bay's defense. It'll be interesting to see what injuries impact who more, uh, because the Bengals are going to be shorthanded on Sunday as well on offense. You, you had touched on the, the
0: injuries for, for the Bengals, and there's one that, that sticks out that I haven't heard you mention yet, and I'm not sure if there's been any update or not. But, of course, polarizing figure for the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals is Vontez Perfect, and he did sure. leave the, the Chiefs game with an injury. Is there any word on on his likelihood of being able to play Sunday? Is this a, a one- to two-week injury? You know, what, what's going on with Vontez?
2: As we – as we record this, and I think we can admit this is Tuesday night when we're recording this. I do not have Avantes Perfect injury update. I know it's a hip issue. Uh, I've been told he was laughing and smiling in the locker room after he was uh, beat down, uh, as the the entire Bengals team was on Sunday night. So, uh, what does that mean? It could mean something. It could mean nothing. Um, here's what I will say though: If Vantes Burfict plays, he has a lot to prove. If he doesn't play, It might be beneficial for the Bengals, which sounds crazy, but he was awful on Sunday night. And by awful, I mean every sense of awful. He had two tackles. He probably had four missed tackles. I I talked to multiple football people that I trust, and the Chiefs challenged him mentally, and he was just kind of running around and not sticking to his man and and letting tight ends get open and and letting free runners down the middle of the field. Vontez Burfecht might have had his worst game as a Bengal the other night. Um, and he hasn't been good in, in any of the three games that he's played. He hasn't stood out. He hasn't been that elite linebacker. And after last week, uh, or two weeks ago, rather now, uh, against the Steelers, when he got fined $112,000 for a couple of questionable hits, it's almost like it in the vibe here. You asked about the vibe initially to start the podcast. It, we're all asking if Vontez Perfect is worth it. It doesn't feel like he's playing at an elite level. And if he's not playing at an elite level, there's no reason to have a guy on your team that's just going to bring headaches. Uh, So he has has a lot to prove if he does play. Just guessing, just assuming. I don't think the injury is that serious. That's just me purely speculating without any inside info. I should know more tomorrow. Um, But as of now, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play. But I'm not sure it's a huge loss if he doesn't play, which says a lot, one, about Vontez. And, and a lot about the, the Bengals line linebacker group, especially because they're bad. It's not like they're good right now. They're shorthanded. Nick Vigil is going to be out for a couple more weeks, and he was leading the team in tackles before he got injured. So they're thin at linebacker, and perfect was certainly a liability on Sunday. Um, so if if perfect doesn't play, I get it. Tampa Bay fans might celebrate and want to. At the same time, I don't know if he's really giving the Bengals much on defense that that's positive right now. So I'm not sure if it's a huge loss. Okay.
0: James, when you look at this game, what do you expect
2: to see out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I expect Tampa Bay to attack, attack, attack the Bengals secondary and, and really cu- come, come here and try to throw it all over the field. Um, it, and I, I, ex- I think they can do that. I think that when you look at their weapons, Mike Evans – Deshaun Jackson, Tampa Bay kind of has the one-two punch there in those two guys that the Bengals envision. With, with John Ross and AJ Green, now, I don't expect John Ross to play on Sunday since he reaggravated that groin, but th- those two guys, the combination certainly um is hard to contain. You mentioned the tight ends and that one-two punch that they have in Brayton and Howard, is it, such a, a such a safety net. For a quarterback and Jameis Winston, obviously not afraid to go to, to either guy. And the Bengals had that to start the year with Eifert, Tyler Croft, and CJ Uzama. Only one of those guys is still healthy in CJ Uzama. So they can no longer do that. Um so if I'm the Bengals, I go into it and you try to get pressure on Jameis Winston. Unfortunately, the Bengals, at least for them, the Bengals haven't been able to get much pressure. They have two sacks over the past two weeks. Pat Mahomes did basically anything he wanted against them. In the week prior, Big Ben had about 12 seconds to throw on every down. So it was it was one of those days where you knew Ben was – if he was going to have time, he was going to carve you up, and he did. So I really expect the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to light up a Bengals defense that comes in 31st in points allowed at uh, 29 per game, 31st in the NFL in yards allowed, uh, over 400 per game, and they're on pace – to shatter uh, the franchise record for most yards allowed in a season through seven weeks, which is is shocking, really, when you look at the names, at least, on this Bengals defense. They, they have some big names. They certainly have some talent, uh, but they haven't been able to put it together so far this year.
0: Yeah, and I don't have the numbers put up in front of me, but I feel very confident in saying that the only team in the NFL that's allowing more points per game – would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who of course um you know Andy Dalton and AJ and Tyler and and those guys will have the opportunity to go up against you you saw on Sunday Gerald McCoy and Vinnie Curry two key pieces of the defensive line were inactive yet this defensive line still managed to get five sacks against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, including two from hard knock star, Carl Nassib, you know, that game meant more to him than, than any other game on the schedule. But Jason Pierre Paul has been just an absolute wrecking ball. Uh, He's on pace for 16 sacks this season. He's, he has six so far, uh, at least one in each of the last five games. Um, But when you look at, at this defense going up against the Bengals offense, as I said earlier, we're not really sure what to expect was the, the improved performance and, and holding the Browns to 23 points and holding them to three of 14 on third downs. Was that a reflection of them being a little more amped up after having cost the defensive coordinator, his job because of, of the problems, or is this an improvement that we're going to see continue through the season? And, and, linebacker Levante David had said following the game that they kept things simple you know the play calls the coverages that they were running they practiced like five or six of these coverages and those were the ones that they used whereas before they were calling these plays and running these coverages that they hadn't practiced in three four weeks or even all the way back since training camp but were just expected to remember well the problem is you have a secondary with a rookie in Carlton Davis, a rookie in MJ Stewart, you have a rookie safety in Jordan Whitehead. Um, you do have the veteran Brent Grimes, but then the other safety is a second year player in Justin Evans. These are young guys. You know, these are not vested mm-hmm. veterans that are going to remember this stuff all the way through so they they kind of implemented that that keep it simple method and it did seem to work and Many Bengals fans will be familiar with Mark Duffner, who was the the defensive coordinator there in Cincinnati, and I believe it was two thousand one. Um, so that's that's really the matchup that I'm looking for. Can can this Bengals offense get back on track and you know, exploit a young secondary on a still very bad defense that we're seeing improvement from? But yeah, you know, I'm I'm by no means sold and utilize A.J. Green and and Tyler Boyd in in these weapons and and Joe Mixon out of the backfield. And any kind of pass-catching back can spell doom for this defense with the loss of Quan Alexander. So that's really the key matchup that I'm looking for. I do believe that the Buccaneers can put up points against this Cincinnati defense. The question is, can the Buccaneers' defense do enough to stop the Bengals' offense from really Mm -hmm. having a big bounce-back week?
2: Yeah. I, I'm with you. Look, I, and they, I, I gotta be honest with you, the, when you describe, Oh, there's this rookie and there's this guy, and this, and, and I know Brent Grimes is, is a very talented corner. Um, but the, the Bengals need to handle their business in this one, right? Like mm-hmm. I, they need to find a way I've been on them all week about finding a way to set up Joe Mixon for success. I see running backs across the league, whether it's Kareem Hunt Um, Alvin Kamara, all these different guys are are being used in the same draft class, by the way, as Joe Mixon, these second year players, they're being used to uh, their strengths and they're being put in a position to succeed. What I watched last week for, for Joe Mixon, literally his pass, his, his um, receiving skills are easily the best on the team. When you're talking about the running backs and it's all passes to the flat where he just kind of jogs out there and waits for Andy to throw him the ball as a check down option. I want them to to get him uh, on a a slant route potentially, or an option route where he's breaking inside or breaking outside and can really take advantage of that. They need to try to find a a way to get Joe Mixon in space. And and just from the sound of it, it sounds like the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in just knowing what I know about their defense, obviously they've given up some points this year. This seems like a good week to do it, to get Mixon going, not only on the ground, but in the passing game. Last week he had three receptions for one yard. That's unforgivable, and that's how they're using him. That isn't necessarily Mixon. So I look for them to try to find a way to get him going, and uh, if they can, then it'll open things up more for, for Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green and really get this offense back to where it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, a couple of weeks ago they went to Atlanta, and they were just unstoppable. They scored 28 points in the in, and I know it's the Atlanta defense. But but they scored 28 points on 24 plays in the first half. Four touchdowns. I mean, they were just they were a great offense and, and since then they've had some injuries and they need to find a way to uh make up for those injuries and it's up to offensive coordinator Bill Lazor to put the playmakers he does have left in a position to succeed.
0: All right. Well, James, before we get out of here, of course, we have to do our game predictions. And as it sits right now, the Bengals are favored by four and a half points with a 54 point over under. So Vegas expects this to be somewhat high scoring. um And of course the Bengals are getting, are getting that hometown love and, and are the favorites as they, as they should
2: be, I believe. um How do you see this game playing out? What's, what's the, what's the score going to be based on, and I haven't seen the forecast yet, but if it's good weather, I I would say 54, I would take the over there. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's the first one that I would definitely jump for. Four and a half, that's interesting. I saw it opened at six, so it's being bet down. I assume that's fan money coming in. And and I was a bit shocked that the line opened at at six. When I saw that, I was like, huh, maybe we're overreacting to the Bengals getting just destroyed on the road at, at Kansas City. Um, That was the first clue to me because Vegas doesn't operate with emotion, right? They take the emotion out of it. So the six-point line, I certainly lean Tampa there. Four, four four and a half, um, I still probably lean Tampa Bay, although you could convince me either way. But straight up, uh, I think the Bengals have to win this game. Uh, They absolutely have to, uh, to have a chance to not only rebound before the bye, but have a chance at the playoffs. They, they have a hard schedule, like I mentioned at the top, and getting to five and three would would get them back on track. It would put them in a position um, to make a run in the second half of the season. The bye smack dab eight games into the year. They'll get a couple guys back after the bye, including Giovanni Bernard. I think he's close to returning. So this team, it's still right there, even though the fan base is reeling a little bit. If you take a step back and look, A lot of teams are going to lose to Pittsburgh. A lot of teams are going to lose at Carolina, and a lot of teams are going to lose at Kansas City. Those are tough losses. Um, But they they got to handle their business Sunday, and I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, If they don't have Vontez Perfect, as much as I I exaggerated there a little bit, I think it still is a loss, but he was dreadful on Sunday, and maybe you get a motivated Vontez Perfect who could redeem himself on Sunday against Tampa Bay. But I'll, I'll take the Bengals. I'll say by three. Um, I'll say Bengals, 30 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27. What about you? you. Who do you got?
0: Well, and, and when you mentioned, I just looked up the forecast right now. They're saying 54 and a 50% chance of rain. Oh, see, so
2: if it's going to be rainy, I'm taking the under. So just, just so you guys know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, and, and if it's a, if it's a heavy rain, you're going to lean real heavily on the run game and that's advantage Bengals. Um, you know, with with Joe Mixon leading the the um, leading the charge there, I, I would take him over the combination of Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. I just think Mixon is a is the more talented running back. Um Yeah, you know, I, I look at it as. Another one of those games where it's going to be really the last team with the ball wins. Um, I do think it's going to be high scoring. I will take the over. Um, at the end of the day, I think that the Buccaneers defense, if they come out and play the way they did against Cleveland, and I understand they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, the offense put them in some pretty bad positions in that fourth quarter. So did the special teams letting Jabril Peppers return a punt, uh, like 50 yards all the way inside the 15 yard line. You know, there's not much you can do there. You're, you're starting with, with your, uh, your back against the wall. But if we can see Duffner be as aggressive as he was against Cleveland and pl- the, the players play the way they did against Cleveland, I think the Buccaneers can come into Paul Brown and get the upset. So I'm taking the Buccaneers 33-27 to 27 over the Bengals. You homer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's funny you say that. I've picked the Bucks to win twice this year.
2: That is James Yarko of Locked On Bucks. That was good stuff. Uh, sorry my microphone was was cutting in and out there at points. I, I think you could make out most of it. I tried to clip as much of the bad as I could, um, but certainly there was some in there where it would go like this, and then I, I would come back, and it would sound like I wasn't muffled or a robot or something. Um, but, yeah, I got the Bengals. A prediction a day early. I got the Bengals winning this one by a field goal. I think it's going to be close. The Bengals are dinged up. I do think they're the better team. That being said, Tampa Bay certainly has the athleticism, has those guys on the outside. I feel a little bit better that I know William Jackson's going to be on Deshaun Jackson, who's such a stud. Deshaun Jackson is such a stud, and the Bengals picked a Rome Simpson over him. Remember that? Anyways, I'm James Erpine. Thank you for listening to today's Locked On Bengals podcast. On tomorrow's show, working on that big guest, He rhy- the name rhymes with shave... Papum. I'm working on getting Dave Lapham on tomorrow's podcast. I shouldn't have rhymed it because what the hell rhymes with Dave? I, I, slave, I, I don't want to use that term. That's just dumb. Um, shave, slave, mave, mave. What, what rhymes with Lapham? Rapham? Yapham? Tweet me what rhymes with Dave Lapham because I could certainly come up with something better. Working on getting him. I will have Trey Hopkins tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Billy Price returned to practice today. Gio, Ross, and others did not. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening today. Back at it tomorrow on the Lockdown Bengals Podcast.